I hope you are having a wonderful day so far. My name is Bailey Sarian and it's Monday, which means it's Murder, Mystery, and Makeup Monday. If you are new here, hi. Every Monday I sit down, I talk about a true crime story that's been heavy on my noggin and I do my makeup at the same time. If you're interested in true crime and you like makeup, I would definitely suggest you hit that subscribe button. Anywho, for today's story, I was reading my comment section as one does, and Sammy Aguilar, she said, Bailey, can you please look into the Pazuzu Algarard, okay, I'm gonna look up how to say his last name because I forgot to do that, Algarard case, please. And I haven't heard of Pazuzu, so I was like, okay, let's Google that, and woo, Woo! It's a story. Now they did recently, I think it's Vice, they actually did like a little docu-series on it. So if you have heard this story, sorry, I didn't know about it. And I'm sure if I didn't know about it, maybe a handful of you out there don't know about it as well. So let's jump into it. But first, disclaimer. Warning, the following presentation is intended for mature audiences. It contains graphic descriptions of crime scenes, adult dialogue, and strong language. Viewer discretion is advised. Oh, also, I'm going to lightly talk about some things like animal cruelty, cannibalism, Satan. Very lightly, not going into any graphic details about it, but just a little heads up, all right? Okay, I will shut up now. Viewer discretion is advised. This one is kind of nutso. Never heard of this guy, and um, it's scary to think that there's people out there like this. <sighs> John Lawson was born August 12th, 1978 in San Francisco, baby. His parents, Cynthia Lawson and Timothy Lawson, they had married in 1971, and then they ended up moving to North Carolina. And then they ended up getting divorced in 1990. Cynthia and her son, John, they continued to live in Clemens in North Carolina. <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry for that. It's just every time I try to film something, just the lights like crack or something. It's very weird. Anyways, so Cynthia and her son, John, they had lived in Clemens in North Carolina and the ex-husband, he moved back to California. He was like, fuck this, I'm out. In 1998, Cynthia, the mother, she remarried to a Tennessee native and his name was Johnny Larry James. Johnny James, that's a great name. They all lived together in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Now for John, the main dude that we're talking about here, his childhood is confusing because of a couple things. He constantly told different stories as far as his upbringing goes. He was all over the place. He seemed to be like um, a little bit of a, a liar, a fipper, and he would constantly make things up to just impress everyone around him. So for example, John here, he claimed that he was from Iraq. And then he also claimed that his father was a priest. He claimed that his real father died. He claimed that he lived in different states. It was just, he was all over the place. Based off of what Cynthia, his mother says, we do know, well, she would say that John was known to be more of an emotional child and he would march to the beat of a different drum. Now, Cynthia would go on to say that, um, John would practice harming animals during his childhood, and he also would experiment with drugs and alcohol. Now this did worry Cynthia, and we all know this. Well, in the true crime community, I feel like, usually if a child is participating in harming animals, that's never a good sign ever. And this worried Cynthia. So she actually wanted to get him help. She was like, this kid is killing animals, he needs help. So she did the right thing. She took him to see a psychiatrist and make sure that John would get some help. 
and John was diagnosed as agoraphobic. And the definition of that is somebody who has an irrational fear of entering open or crowded places, somebody who doesn't like to leave their home. And he was also diagnosed as a schizophrenic and had manic depression and this was at a young age. So Cynthia, his mother, John's mother, she did take him to see a therapist and make sure that he got some kind of help. But here's the problem. She had to take him out of getting professional help because she couldn't afford it anymore. It was becoming way too expensive. So unfortunately, this is where America sucks, you know? Couldn't afford it anymore. So then John over here decided to drop out of high school and then legally change his name. And he changed it to Pazuzu Ila Algorid. And when he got this new name, he was now a devoted Satanist and drug dealer. Now, Pazuzu is the name of the king of demons in ancient Mesopotamian mythology. Also is heavily featured in pop culture, most prominently in The Exorcist, remember? Side note, I also forgot to mention this. Now, Pazuzu claimed to be a Satanist. Selective outrage happens here. And if you are a practicing Satanist, as long as you're not harming anybody, do whatever makes you happy, you know? Do what makes you happy. Now, this story doesn't mean all Satanists are like this. This story doesn't reflect this religion as a whole. And in almost every video, it seems like a religion is mentioned because people belong to whichever church of their choosing, right? But never am I trying to paint the picture of what this religion is. I believe that there are some really nice Satanists out there and I'm sure they mean no harm and they just mind their own business and do their own thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Back to the story. Pazuzu over here, he liked being scary. He liked making others feel uncomfortable. He was well known for being different and off-putting and he would brag a lot about his counterculture practices like sacrificing animals. He claimed that he had the power of weather control. He's like, yeah, bitch, I can make it snow, watch. Pazuzu over here, he was like, I need to just really amp up this, this character that I'm creating. He filed his teeth down to look different and like super sharp. So he filed his teeth to look sharp and he used a Dremel to do so. Also, Pazuzu decided to get his tongue split. I don't know if he did it himself or he got it done professionally, but regardless, he split his tongue and then he got some pretty thick ass tatties on his face, bro. Of course, Pazuzu over here was one of those idiots who idolized Charles Manson my least favorite people on the planet. He just really looked up to Charles and how Charles was able to gain a following and was idolized. And he liked the fact that Charles was able to get people to do bad things for him so his hands weren't dirty. This is when I will mention again, get better idols. Charles Manson was a loser. Sorry, come for me. Now Pazuzu over here was like, idea. I should start a new religion, something that's never been like done before. I'm gonna mix Lucifericism, Lucifer, <laughs> I'm gonna mix Luciferianism and Islam together and create something new. Now it really had nothing to do with the ideals of these two religions. He just wanted to use them to scare the community. He knew people feared Satanism, Luciferianism, 
because the devil and people are afraid of the devil. So he was like, okay, I'm going to take that. And then he chose the Islam religion because this was now in 2002 and 9-11 had just happened the year prior. At that time, unfortunately, there was a lot of fear about terrorists and stuff like that. So, so he purposely picked these two religions that people feared the most. And he's like, I'm just gonna make my own religion out of these two. Pazuzu. Pazuzu was really like on a downward spiral and he was unable to financially seek any sort of help for what was going on in his noggin because he was really suffering and struggling with schizophrenia, his manic depression, and he was just not taking care of himself. It's sad. So he's like, okay, well, I need followers. I need people to come to my new church and support me. So he began to surround himself with people of lower class. He would refer to them as the misfits and the outcasts. And these people were very vulnerable due to their status. A lot of them like weren't working. A lot of them were addicted to drugs. A lot of people were doing meth. Um, or heroin. He felt like they were easy to control because for one, he could invite them into his home, let them do drugs and stuff. And of course they're gonna keep coming back because it was like a place for all of them to hang out and do drugs. People were really attracted to Pazuzu and how rebellious he was and the fact that he was very defiant and he seemed like very dangerous. He was unpredictable. I can't believe he changed his name to Pazuzu. Who does that? People were constantly coming and going in the home. Oh, also Cynthia and her new husband, they had moved out at some point and like still owned the house, but Pazuzu was living there. Cynthia, the mother would come and go like, and just check up on, check up on him to see how he's doing. But for the most part, Cynthia wasn't there. It was mainly Pazuzu's house. I feel ridiculous saying Pazuzu. <laughs> now, a lot of people in the community would find him from word of mouth. Friends would call other friends and they'd be like, hey, yeah, this dude is cool. He like drinks blood and shit. Come check out this place with me. And that's how they would constantly get new people. One of Pazuzu's friends or followers said, quote, we just hung out and chilled around and whatnot. Maybe did a little bit of heroin every now and again. Just a crazy shit ton of drinking, cut ourselves and each other. Maybe drank the blood of a bird or whatever. Just all around having a good time. There were no rules. You could piss in his carpet. You could smash a TV. You could hit somebody in the head with a beer bottle. It just didn't matter. End quote. So a lot of people thought and knew that Pazuzu was like a compulsive liar and that he was just trying to keep up with this scary image he had. Like he would claim that he killed people, he ate their bodies and that he burned them or buried them in the backyard. But people didn't really think anything like of it. They just thought he was lying. But also you have to remember a lot of these people were on drugs. You're probably not in the right headspace to be taking any of this seriously, you know? The story was just always changing. He was always killing people and eating them. And every Everybody was just kind of like, okay. Now, what exactly the religion entailed, I'm not sure. Like, I couldn't really find clarification because I don't really think there was much that this, like an outline to this religion. But I do know that people would come over to the house and they would participate in animal sacrifice. You shouldn't do that. Over time, Pazuzu gained a pretty like good amount of lady followers and he would call the lady followers his fiancés. And he dated or slept with almost all of them. He would sleep with anyone he could. I mean, these women would like 
idolize him, so of course he's gonna take advantage of that and get off. Pazuzu just really liked all this attention he was getting and the fact that he was the boss and he like ran shit around here. People were listening to him. He was in charge. He was weird and he was an outcast and he claimed that he liked being weird and an outcast, but at the end of the day, I think people in general, this is a complete opinion, but I think people in general, they like being acknowledged they like being liked. They want it, they want that. And they want a sense of community as well. So when I think he found like his tribe, he was just milking it. And the fact that he would say things like, I ate a person and I burned them in the backyard. And then he would get a reaction like, oh my God, whoa, I could never do that. Inflating his ego. And then he was sleeping with a bunch of chicks. Yeah, you know his ego was out of control. <sighs> Pazuzu claimed that he only bathed once a year and that he never brushed his teeth inside of the home where they practice their drug taking and animal sacrifices. He would, was also known to keep piles of feces in the corner of his house rather than use the bathroom. Or if they had to go pee or something, they would just go in the corner of his house, like inside of the house. So the house probably smelled real nice. So Pazuzu was just not taking care of himself and his followers did the same thing. They didn't need a shower. They had the power of Satan to cleanse them. This is also just an opinion because I'm not even sure, but I bet you a million bucks. They probably just didn't have money to pay the water bill. So they were like, yeah, we're just gonna pee in the house. Yeah, but really they didn't have water. I, I would put money on that, but I cannot confirm or deny that. But I couldn't imagine what that house smelled like. Actually, I don't want to know. I don't, I don't want to know that. Now, when new people would come to Pazuzu's home, their first comment would be like, oh my God, what is that smell? It smells like death in here. And Pazuzu would be like, yeah, it's the dead bodies in the basement. Now, Cynthia, Pazuzu's mother, she would go by the home and check on him to see how he's doing, you know, because it is her son and she knows mentally he's just not in a good place. And it's her home. So she's going by to check on it and see like how he's doing. So in May, 2010, Cynthia goes by the home. They get into some kind of argument. And then Pazuzu comes up and he strangles her to the point where she knocks out. So Cynthia calls the police. And then the police come and they arrest Pazuzu. And then they ask Cynthia, like, do you wanna press charges or whatever? And she's like, no, I don't wanna press charges. I mean, she feels guilty, it's her son. So she decides not to press charges. Now the home that Pazuzu was in, where he was practicing and had everyone come over, it was wall to wall covered in nonsense, whether it be just posters of like satanic symbols, there would be drawings all over the walls with like Sharpies of just nonsense. They look to be smears of when they sacrificed an animal, like they would smear the blood on the walls. In this group, they would cut themselves. They would take that and smear it on the walls. They had their own little decor. So in 2011, Pazuzu actually ends up getting arrested in the connection of the shooting death of Joseph Chandler. Joseph was found dead by the Yadkin River. This is where Pazuzu allegedly indulged in black magic rituals and animal sacrifices. Pazuzu would say, if there's a full moon, that's the night that they would kill. So the night that Joseph was shot and killed, it was a full moon. He was minding his own business. Apparently he was just trying to light a cigarette. Like he was outside, he was trying to light a cigarette. And before he could light it, he got shot. Pazuzu was also with like his friend and one of his followers. 
and his friend is the one who shot the gun. Pazuzu was just there, allegedly. So his friend that was with them, his name is Nicholas, and he actually was convicted of involuntary manslaughter, while Pazuzu was charged with accessory after the fact of involuntary manslaughter. Now, Pazuzu was convicted in 2011 and sentenced to just probation, and the other dude was locked up. Here's the kicker, Pazuzu, when he was arrested, he was taken and given a psychiatric evaluation. Now this psychiatric evaluation was accidentally released to the media. How it was accidentally released, I don't know, but it was. So they put out there all of this information about Pazuzu to the public. It shows this long list of mental illnesses that Pazuzu was struggling with. In these notes, it described how Pazuzu, when he came in, he smelled like poop and claimed to not bathe in a year. And I'm laughing because they use the word poop and for some reason that made me laugh because I am a 10 year old boy and I don't know why. Also it showed that he had serious issues or struggles with drug and alcohol abuse. Talked about how Pazuzu had killed many animals. He drank animal blood. He drank other people's blood, like their, his followers. They would cut themselves and he would drink their blood. Went on to describe how he choked his mother and he wanted to kill people. It showed the community, it showed the me media that Pazuzu really should have been kept. People were really terrified of this guy, but for some reason he got a slap on the wrist and five years probation for this murder that he was a part of. When people find this out, they're just outraged. I think anybody would, because what the hell was that all about? Like why, why, why? Now, sadly, out here in America, if you're watching from a different country, hey, what's up? We have a really shitty um, healthcare system. We don't really have psychiatric hospitals at all. We have jail. And that's where a lot of these people end up, sadly. And a lot of them don't belong there. They are mentally ill and they need help for that. And I do believe that in this case, like he really should have been placed in a psychiatric hospital or something, right? But there, there really isn't an option for that. For some odd reason, jail wasn't an option either. So of course, once all this shit goes down and they look back at Pazuzu's story and they see this, where they had the opportunity to lock him up, it pisses a lot of people off. Now enter into the scene, Josh Wetzler. So according to Josh's ex-girlfriend, he was known to be a hippie and he loved the Grateful Dead. He loved attending music festivals and him, his previous girlfriend, her name is Stacy, I'm sorry, her name is Stacy. They also had a son together, but Josh also seemed to head down a bit of a downward spiral. He started doing drugs daily, which then led to him receiving a felony drug charge. And he didn't really seem to be doing all too great. One day, Josh just went missing, gone, vanished. Poof, Kalamazoo, gone. The last time he was seen was by Stacy in July of 2009. I don't know how I feel about this one, but I'm not judging, I can't judge. Stacy, his former girlfriend, reported him missing six months after he didn't contact the family, yes. You heard that right, kitty cats, six months. So when I first read that, I was like, but I can't judge because I don't know their lives. And Stacy claimed that it was kind of normal for him to just like up and leave one day and go on a road trip and just disappear for a few months. So she really didn't think anything of it and that's why she waited six months. But when Josh didn't contact anyone for Christmas, that's when the red flag went up and she was like, okay, something's wrong because he would never miss a holiday. Pazuzu to me just sounds like um, a dessert. Oh, that's Pazuki. Oh. 
Anywho, so Stacy became even more concerned when she heard a rumor that Pazuzu had killed Josh and buried him in the backyard. People were talking. These followers of Pazuzu were saying, oh, he killed a guy. And this got back to Stacy because I mean, it's a small town. So people, people are talking. Stacy goes straight to the police and, sh- and she's like, there's rumors going around that Pazuzu person He's in your files, killed Josh, and buried him in the backyard. Can you do something about that? Then we have another missing person named Tommy Welch. Now, Tommy was known to love working on cars and building car stereos, and he had no known issues with drugs or alcohol. And it's kind of sad, but like that's really all the info I could find on Tommy. Sorry, Tommy. But Tommy's family had plans to meet to have like a movie night. Tommy had been at his brother's house previously that same day. And then when he didn't return for movie night, this was extremely unlike Tommy and it made his family instantly grow concerned. And then they reported him missing pretty quickly, October of 2009. So what do these two people have to do with Pazuzu? One night, Pazuzu just decided to abduct Josh for seemingly no reason in 2009. It was gonna be done as some kind of sacrifice. Josh was then kept in the basement of Pazuzu's house for a few days where he was starved, nobody fed him, nobody really paid attention to him, he was chained. Now, after a few days, poor Josh was shot six times by a shotgun and Pazuzu was the one who shot him. Pazuzu and his fiancés, remember the women followers? They then took Josh and dismembered his body and they buried Josh in the backyard. Then a few months later, they needed another sacrifice. So Pazuzu and a few of his followers abducted Tommy and the same thing. They kept him in the basement, they starved him and then they shot him. They dismembered Tommy's body and then they buried him in the backyard. This upset a lot of people for a couple reasons because Pazuzu was constantly bragging that he killed people and buried them in his backyard. And he also told people, oh, it's the dead body in my basement, remember? So he was telling the truth, but nobody took him seriously, which is like, so when they find out it's all true, it's like shit. So one of his followers actually had like a moment of clarity. He was like, I need to tell the police. Pazuzu was getting out of control. He wanted to kill more people and he was becoming a lot more aggressive towards his followers as well. So this guy who was one of the followers was like, okay, I'm gonna go to the police and I'm gonna speak up. So this follower goes to the police and the police go to search Pazuzu's house or at least his property. And the police said like the smell of the place was absolutely disgusting but they found nothing, so they left. Now, over time, more and more tips came in to police about Pazuzu. Sadly, of course, like in almost all of these stories, police ignored these tips. They really didn't take them seriously. Pazuzu's own mother, Cynthia, tried to inform police, stating that many people told her her son had killed people and buried them in the backyard. Finally, on October 5th, 2014, 9, 10, 11, Five years later, police obtained a second search warrant and decided to do another search and looked into the backyard. So police go to Pazuzu's home and they search the backyard. Finally, police discovered the skeletal remains of Josh and Tommy Welch. So Pazuzu and two of his fiancés, Amber Nicole Birch and Crystal Matlock, were arrested in connection to the murders. April 2015, 
Pazuzu's house was demolished because it was unlivable and disgusting. The neighbors were happy because the home was an eyesore. And you know, neighbors care so much about their property value going down because of an eyesore home. So they were excited that it was being demolished and taken down. Pazuzu's home would only be deemed livable after $78,000 worth of repairs and removal of mold that was growing in the home. A report that was filed by the County Housing and Community Development Department describes the house as containing broken glass, sharp instruments, hundreds of flies. There were a shit ton of decayed animal parts, animal cages with carcasses. The report also noted dried blood that was like on the walls wall art. Because it was Cynthia's home, they gave her a 30-day deadline, and then if she didn't pay that, the house was gonna be demolished. So which it was, it ended up being demolished. Why Cynthia wasn't responsible for anything, I'm not sure. I think she truly had no idea what was going on, but I also, I don't Pazuzu ended up committing suicide on October 25th, 2015, before his trial, leaving his victims' families with many questions and no answers. Really rude. So many believe that Pazuzu killed a lot more than just those two people. There was a woman that lived with him for a month and she was also one of his fiancés. And she said that Pazuzu claimed to have killed, burned, and buried the bodies of two prostitutes, or sex workers, I should say, sorry. Unfortunately, because Pazuzu did take his own life, nobody truly knows what was going on, why he was doing those things, what exactly was going on. Like nobody really knows and nobody also also knows, I don't, I'm not trying to laugh, but like, I don't know why I'm laughing, but nobody also knows why were those two men targeted? Like why them? That's the story about Pazuzu. One of my biggest fears is just a killer who kills at random. You know, a lot of killers, they tend to kill people close to them, kill people that they know, but this dude seemed to just kind of pick some random people and that stuff is scary. What can you look out for? I don't know. And the worst part of all, and what makes people really mad, is that all of this could have been prevented if simply they would have arrested and kept Pazuzu in jail for the first murder that he committed. I keep telling myself every Monday video, I wanna leave with like something, what can we learn from this? And like protect ourselves, or what can we learn to look out for and stuff? And honestly, some of these stories I'm like, I don't know. Don't do drugs, please. Be careful, I don't know, I don't know. I need your help on this one, you guys. What do you think about Pazuzu? Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Please, please, please be safe out there. Make good choices. Have a good day, make good choices, and I'll see you guys later. Bye. Callum a fucking zoo, bitch.